Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? This is T. We got uh, Kenny and Mario with with us, but uh, I'll let them. I'll go in alphabetical order. Start with Kenny, if you want to let people know where to find you, because you're back. I know you're back on Twitter. Yeah, I am back on Twitter, but um, I just want people to know, like, I don't use Twitter. Like, I don't use Twitter like the, the Champagne Sharks page. The Champagne Sharks page, you get some information. So my Twitter is just fuckery. Okay. So, but if you would like to follow my Twitter page, you can find me at um, Victory Slap 4700. So you can find me at Victory Slap 4700. Uh, username is Neckbones from MMs. Um, that's up to you. But, and yeah, just hit me up, DM me so y'all know you. Or because uh, my page isn't private or nothing like that. I'll just be on there talking crazy, talking stupid shit. And, 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 and what, uh, number of twitter account is this for you now with how many is that uh, it's roughly around number 11 so uh the homie okay, the, okay. The, the big the, the og the triple og homie elon let me back on um he still ain't gave me my other twitter accounts uh unleash my other twitter accounts uh he's only giving oh, it back man. to like famous people and yo. so so-called twitter important people but he won't yo. give me my other twitter accounts back yo is it is it me? because i've been on like twitter less like i make threads but i try not to actually read too much stuff <laughs> yeah because it drives me crazy like i just i've come to accept that i'm just not good at reading and shutting up like you know i end up responding right but from the little like i've seen are people already over like like this is why people can't get anything done anymore because everything is high intensity burnout like <laughs> they were so <Yeah>. elon <laughs> crazy no one's talking shit about him anymore like, no, they, right. no, they got over. They got over it because yeah, they know like, they're not going to leave. I guess he owns Twitter. All right, back to <laughs> right. Like, like, they just start screaming for like two weeks. We're just going to make him say, "Oh fuck it, this is too much work." <laughs> he just waited them out, and they're just like, back. And, and, and it was just it was exhaustion. He just he just waited till they got tired and shut up. I mean, eventually they got to come for air. Yeah, so. it's like it's like it's like kids screaming. It's like just outweigh your tan outweigh your tantrum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. That's pretty much what it is, huh? You just wait for them to, you know, get over the little tantrum, burn themselves out, and then fall asleep, and you go and yeah, you know, like a baby, yeah. <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> all that mastodon, all that mastodon talk. We're gonna stay oh, with the resistance. It's like, uh, hey, look at the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> right, and right, right. He, he probably knew that too. Like, you know what I mean? The attention span of this generation is so short, bro. Like, it's just. It, but you know what's funny is you always are gonna have that, you know, that hardcore group that'll stay on it, yeah. you know, as long as possible. But you know, their their voices will get drowned out, and or nobody will be paying attention anymore to care. You know what? You can't even call it a generation anymore. It's a moment. The reason why I say it's a moment and not a generation is it's not like 40 and 50 year olds are acting different. They're everyone's acting the same on Twitter on Twitter. So it's like it's just this moment, you know, and in this moment where there are 20 or 50, you're acting like this on on yeah, Twitter. I, and, and that kind of leads to today's topic about I was saying this how this era, know. I should say. Huh? Yeah, yeah, this era. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, this era, yeah. this moment, whatever. But yeah, it's not a generational thing because we have trickled up immaturity. <laughs> like people in the 40s <laughs> yeah. and 50s are modeling Damn. themselves after people in the 20s and 30s. And, and that's why I was today's topic was that there's no elders anymore. There's just olders. You know, like it's just like you this is idea uh older people have nothing to teach me or nothing to model for me and then also older people are like well fine by me i don't want the responsibility anyway i'd rather <laughs> i'd rather act like you and just right. tweet about city girls in my 40s you know and shit like that that's the crazy thing. you know the crazy thing about it is that I, and i've noticed this is that the older people they're just really sassy you know what i'm saying yeah. like why are you so sassy? You know what I mean? Like, is it really that bad 
you know, you, you, whatever it is that, you know, whatever they're complaining about, you can't even articulate yourself around it. You just got to be sassy all day. Like, really? And just the way they tweet and talk, it's like, it's the something for me. Not such yeah. and such. And it's like, okay, why are you talking the same as everyone else? Like, what, why are you? Right. You should be setting some kind of example or just have your lane. But yeah, no one, because there's nothing cool with getting old. Because like, okay, like I was thinking about it, right? And it's like, okay, back in the day, you would live on a farm and your family was on that farm for like 100, 200 years. Or maybe your family was a family of blacksmiths or shoemakers you, you know you were the town cobbler or something or you were like the the village um medicine man and you're and it's like uh the technology didn't change that much like the way you farm 100 200 years ago is the way you farm now but maybe someone invents a plow you know but you just add the plow to the existing system you know what i'm saying like you know they don't overhaul the whole thing or the way you make shoes is pretty much like each generation might, might refine it but there's not yeah. some kind of I invented the assembly line for shoes and now you got to learn a, a programming language. You know, it's like uh, your whole family, you just pass it down. The same with like, you know, anything else. But it's like now, if you're at the workforce for like seven years, you're a dinosaur. Like, if you're working in something, people are like, oh my God, we can't use you. Like you, you haven't done this job in like seven years. There's eight new softwares, you know? So it's like, there's nothing for like, older people to teach you for anything because everything is constantly making an older person obsolete, you know? Uh, uh, even in their yeah. thoughts, even in yeah. the thought, your thoughts. Like, even if you exactly. even your think, even, even if you use an eye, even if you have an idea, right? And it doesn't jive with what a lot of people are doing today, you're just considered obsolete. And I noticed that because now in real life, I don't notice that you guys know I work in school. So in real life, nah, that's not the way, at least not, in my experience, but online is a whole lot of, you know, even if you're right, you know what I mean? You could be, you can be right with your ideas and they don't want it. You, you know what I mean? They talk don't talk about an old movie. Like if you talk about a movie by, by old, I mean, four years ago, <laughs> that's old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like if you complain about a movie and people are like that came out in 2017, get over it. You're like, you know, it's like, wait, 2017 <laughs> is like a blink ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, right. like, what you- I had a friend of mine that uh, he he hit me up yesterday. I don't I don't know if he's going through anything, which I don't think he is. But, uh, uh, you know, there's been this whole thing about athletes and these these heart problems. Right. And uh, he's like started kind of tripping, thinking that maybe, you know, he might have some issues or something. I was like, where are you where's all this coming from? And I think and he's not online. You don't he's not on any social media, nothing like that. So even it's a starting to affect people. And he's 46 and it's starting to affect people offline where they got this idea, like whatever the popular topic is with everybody, whenever something happens to someone now, all of a sudden it's the vaccine. You know what I mean? Whenever somebody gets hit by a pitch at 99 miles an hour and he gets knocked out, well, was he vaccinated? You know what I mean? That yeah. is just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And so he hit me up and was asking me like, man, do you think this uh, uptick in heart issues is uh, there's something with that? I'm like, no, nah, man, heart disease has been the number one killer in America for about 35 years, bro. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't a new idea, you know? I think a reason why things don't stay online anymore is because all reporters are Twitter. They're addicts. using Twitter. They, yeah, yes, they're, all, they're, they're using Twitter. Yes. Ad- they're all Twitter addicts. So they can't. So they basically they don't know what real people are like anymore. Like, like I'll give you an example. There was this story that was on white Twitter. Uh, cause I, cause I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm biracially Twitter. Like I'm plugged into white Twitter and, and, and black Twitter. Biracially Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I have my finger on the pulse of what happens on white Twitter. And there was a story. I don't know if you guys saw it, but, uh, this woman made chili for her neighbors. Um, and I think I just something about some, <laughs> Yeah, it's a strange bleeding. thing to make for neighbors, but yeah. Yeah, it started bleeding out. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a link. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Something to make for your neighbors. You might make them a pie or invite them for some barbecue, but making them chili. Yeah. Well, well, the problem wasn't the chili. People were just against her making anything, but they were making it to like kind of like uh. Oh, uh, they started concern trolling. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of made it for lack of a better word. Uh, I I try to use the word uh new woke to differentiate it from like the old school version but yeah. they kind of made it into like this new work new woke kind of concern trolling about what if they're disability what if they have um, oh i seen that i seen that yes what if so they have actually, a what if they have a peanut allergy yeah what, what, you know, peanut yeah. Allergy? what if they have social anxiety and you yeah. uh, force them to have a conversation like like okay so this this is it what if she what if they're vegan and she didn't include vegan options yeah what if someone is lactose intolerant what if someone is glucose intolerant <laughs> well, people made weird social things about it too like 
what if uh, they're social agor- agoraphobic, which means they're afraid of human contact, and you've forced them to do pleasantries? It's like it's just a conversation. Like <laughs> these people can. What are you talking about? Like you've you've pathologized conversation. Like that's a weird. Like people are getting weirder and weirder. They're doing physical stuff like a peanut. Out. Like actually, so here we go. This is a tweet. This girl. They actually drove her off Twitter for a couple of days. Uh, she had to shut down for a while. But she goes, um, this is E-Bomb's world, which is like, you know, kind of like a more normal, rando type of website. And they're like, here's the crazy thing that happened on Twitter, right? And uh, they posted tweets. And it says, several guys moved in next door, students, I guess. And I've gotten two confused DoorDash drivers for them in the last week. And the trash can was completely overflowing with pizza boxes. So these were just like some young boys who were always ordering pizza and it's like maybe their first apartment or whatever. I don't think they cook. I am feeling such a strange motherly urge to feed these boys. I also think because it's so cool online to like hate men and whatever, I think that might have triggered something too. Like there's something I noticed when you're nice to men. Oh um, yeah, people get mad. Yeah, people get really weird. And you know, so I thought, oh, you're bringing back, you're, you're undoing feminism by talking about this motherly urge and whatever. You're serving men. I think that was low key part of it too and she she continues they're incredibly quiet which is a real surprise i don't know if they're renting or what but i would like them to stick around maybe i will make a big pot of chili this weekend when it gets cooler um so then um citing uh, so this the article continues citing a maternal instinct as part of her desire to feed the guys many twitter users remarked that the men were more than old enough to feed themselves and others felt her efforts were misplaced as the guys obviously had the means to buy food so someone continues don't feed them they need to learn if you want to cook for someone you could do it to homeless people the boys need to learn when they run out of money and start feeling the same food every day is disgusting then they'll learn how to make pasta or something Someone said, don't feed them. They never learn to cook for themselves. That's their issue. Uh, so, and this other woman um, goes, uh, what kind of urge is that? Never felt it or even heard of it before. Bizarre. Which, uh, how do you never heard of a maternal urge? Like, Just leave these dudes alone. They sound like they're grown. Why do you feel the need to feed grown men? And um, You know what that reminds me of? I was just yeah. thinking about this. They literally took it. Somebody, they took someone's thoughts personal. Oh, yeah. They took there was an episode of the Twilight Zone. I don't know if you guys ever watched the Twilight Zone uh, with um, that Jordan Peele was directing. And I think we talked about this episode about this guy who could hear other people's thoughts. He goes on a date with this lady. He can hear her thoughts. And and all of a sudden he can like hear voices like, um, how do you say he can hear her thoughts? She didn't know that he can hear it. Mm. So he totally freaks out and leaves the date. Then all of a sudden he keeps hearing this voice in his head and it's another woman, but she's like clear on the other side of town and he's trying to meet this woman. He gets all the Mm. way to the woman's house and she's like uh, being assaulted by some guy. It's something it's something crazy. But that's what this reminds me of is like these people are like obsessed with someone else's thoughts. Like this is just a thought this lady had. But this wasn't her saying, I'm going to go do this. Oh, yeah. It's my maternal instinct to maybe want to go make a pot of chili and take it over there. And they've taken it personal. And of course, we know these people don't think they think like this is why I like Twitter. I start to understand the way Twitter works is because I like to see what people think, because I get to see how fucking crazy they are. These these people have poor boundaries, but not oh, just well, they don't have any forcing. boundaries. Yeah. It, but that's funny. No, we talked about uh, how for people on Twitter, like, like they have poor boundaries and what they're doing is basically like conversation or idea rape. Like they want to force their thoughts on you yeah. without their consent. I, I started realizing the poor boundaries go like both ways. Like you can't have poor boundaries to go out without poor boundaries to come in. So come in, right. The same way they have to like force, this is one of the reasons why they won't go to Mastodon or someplace else. Because someplace where you have to go actively search out their opinions where they can't inflict them on you. Yeah, it's not going to appeal to them. That's why Facebook doesn't appeal to them. Yes, Facebook doesn't appeal to them because only your friends and people who actively follow you, like like they can't be. What the hell is Mastodon? Well, well, Mastodon, that's part of the problem. You got to form these things called nodes, and it's kind of like Facebookish, where if someone's not following you, you're not going to get randomly retweeted into somebody's feed. So once they see that, they're not going to have interest in it. You know what I mean? Like uh, only like only your followers who already think like you, which. They like that to a degree. Like these people are weird in that they want to be inflicted on everybody. But once someone pushes back or disagrees, they flip out and block them. So they're yeah. very, very fragile. But they're also 
addicted to being afflicted. So they want to reach as much people as they can so they can gather. Yeah, you, you have to affirm them. If you don't affirm them, then, yeah. then you know, you're you're toxic. Yeah, you're this can't, you third. can't be sassy and thin skinned at the same time. I'm not right. sure how that exactly. works. Right? They want to cast a wide net to get as many people as they can and just throw back as many as they can. Like, like you know, that's, that's their that's their way. But uh, yeah, it's not just about inflicting yourself on other people, but you end up absorbing things really easy, too. And I think that's what's happening here is the reverse. They hear this woman's story and it's like it's like the person who watches a movie and thinks they're in it. You ever see those bad persons like yelling at the screen and getting worked <laughs> yeah. up? It's like yeah, it's just a movie. You're not actually in the thing. Like like um like like not talking to the screen for fun. Not the usual fun. Like oh, don't go there, girl. Don't go into that room. I'm talking about people who like start like grabbing the chair and getting like mad. Oh yeah, like, what, yeah. What, like why are you getting mad? They like, gave me a flashback. Like what's happening? Like like these people are like that. Like except it's not even real trauma. The real trauma is just having to be nice to somebody. <laughs> That's they're being reminded of you know being asked for something they're, they're like that selfish and he, he's some other weird tweets that that happened right like so they're absorbing all this weird stuff with their poor boundaries and someone started comparing it to rape like wow you're not getting consent of so, course so of someone's course. Like food, food rape someone's like i've done food exchanges with my neighbors i've had plates offered to me from holiday meals i've let my neighbors quote unquote borrow a cup of sugar and use my kitchen appliances to cook meals that's still not okay without getting consent I got consent for wow. all of it. It's like grabbing wow. a wheelchair without the person's consent or deciding an elderly person standing at a street crossing must be waiting for help to actually cross. It's very much like grabbing someone's wheelchair and trying to quote unquote help by pushing them as a total stranger. Oh my God. Wow. Man, That's, wow. Th these people are crazy. <laughs> you take it into like the, you know, point of the point nth of degree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it got even worse. This is what made it even worse. She came back with, I delivered the chili. They seemed happy and said they had um, just been about to order food. They also asked permission to come over and nail the fence back up. Like, like I guess they wanted to do something nice for her or something. So she made like, a connection, you know. Um, and then that made him even matter. The, the fact that it actually went well. I think it made him even even more more mad. It yeah, the fact that the people in real life don't the the fact that the people in real life don't don't behave the way they act. Yeah, exactly. Or the way they think. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's a reminder that they're weirdos. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. These people just acting like normal, like normal people. So, uh, yeah, people just kept going on. They're like, yeah, this is more about the helper's feelings than with the person being helped. It's a narcissistic act. It's called saviorism and not real help. Good Not grief. only did they think they know what we need, they want to make us take their quote-unquote help. You know, I got a uh, uh, trigger warning, sick, dying pet. I had to get a lot of delivery for the past four-ish months because my dog got real sick really fast. And she was having a lot of accidents. And my OCD was like, don't you cook food in this place full of pee air, even though we were using pads and cleaning the floors. It's like, hey, la lady, what are you even talking about? You're not even talking yeah, about now you, you've, Yeah, you've hijacked this entire thing and just started talking, telling us your fucked up life story and how fucked up you are as a person. You know, yeah, it's funny OCD you said that. There's a lady... Stuff. That same thing happened. There was a lady that was talking about, and this is a uh, this is this is why I say race don't matter when it comes to stuff. This is a black oh. person, and they were talking about how they have a dog, and they let the the dog kept going into the bathroom. They have one of those showers, the stand up showers, so it's like not a bathtub; it's just a shower. And they mm. said their cat kept going into the bathroom, pissing in the shower, and they never did anything about it for weeks upon weeks. And then they tweeted a picture of it. Oh, and this and oh this this shower stall was just I mean filled with cat piss and people were like you're fucking gross you know what I mean like what the yeah. hell is wrong with you because they're going <laughs> they thought it was a good what? idea that they thought it was a good idea to then start saying well you know I'm gonna I've been meaning to contact the landlord but you know my OCD and my PTSD and my anxiety and blah 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 <laughs> people got on their ass you know what I'm saying so it, they all of a sudden had every condition you could think of because people were like why do you have a bathroom bathtub full of cat piss and the cat is literally sitting right there like your house <laughs> smells like piss oh my god yeah, yeah. cat piss is some of the worst the worst yeah. Cat piss is awful, yeah, bro. I don't know what the fuck's with cat. Yeah, I guess we eat meat all day. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Right. Something, yeah. bro. It, it is. Yeah. Putrid. Oh oh, 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 wait. The person actually brought it home. I went later in the thread and then she tied it together because <laughs> I was wondering, like, okay, where are you going with all this? Right. So, so here, here it is. Here's the actual uh, tying it in. 
No one had the energy to cook after changing the pads eight times a day, walking her for 45 minutes each time she went out, and cleaning the floors 10 times a day. We were all exhausted. No, you're just nasty. Uh, you're just uh, disgusting. Uh, well, 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 they did clean it up. So, you know, you know, so th- there's there's that. They weren't the cat piss people, at least. But, but no, but this is where it gets good. We were all exhausted. So she's cleaning the floors 10 times a day. So she's the opposite of nasty. She's actually the changing pads eight times a day. They're walking her. You know, she has OCD, whatever. Imagine being brought a home-cooked meal by a stranger when what you need is a dog walker slash carer. Oh, my God. What? Like, Do what I want you to do. Don't bring me chili. Walk my dog. Read my mind. Right. Read my mind. Read my mind. Read my mind. Yeah. I mean, right. even if the food is not what you need, how does it make your life worse? Just take the food and throw it out. <laughs> Just right. that, that, if anything, that you did all this stuff, that leaves you with one less thing that you need to worry about doing. Yeah. It's cooking a meal, right? Yeah, these people are like uh, miserable. <laughs> it's just so amazing. Like somebody was compiling all these these things, and they were blocking out the names of and the icons and the pictures of the people um, saying this stuff. And I'm like, if these people are tweeting on Twitter with their names and their faces, why are you protecting them from themselves? Like, to some level, it, it goes back to the thing where I said where these people uh, want to be able to jump out the window and and if you're not there waiting with a mattress to catch them, to protect them from themselves, you're oppressing them. Like, a lot of these people, even to make fun of them, were hiding their names and their faces. And I'm like, you care more about them than they care about themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to know who these people are so we can block them. And now, I told my boy, I said, because when he asked me about the whole uptick in, uh, you know, heart attacks, and if I said, no, nah, I said, I don't think it has anything to do with the vaccine. I said, I think a lot of people are the pandemic fucked up so many people and created such a sedentary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, in America, we've already had heart issues anyway, but I think it's gotten worse during the pandemic. This is this is because I know I started seeing like commercials talking about mental health and stuff. And I think they were onto something because they knew that therapist offices are going to be overflowing with people because there's a lot of people that are fucked up since the pandemic. There's some people that are still there. There's still people online arguing about they should be able to work from home. Like, okay, that's cool, but you're taking it to another level. Like, you're at another level where now you're just annoying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not that you. You're, it's not that yeah. you're getting more work done. It's just that you're so you 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 want your way, and it's it's ridiculous. Like I'm. That's why I was like, nah. I told him I was like, man, nah. That that uh. I think this all got sparked by the, the, the DeMar Hamlin injury or whatever. I was like, no, nah. I said, dude, I think a lot of athletes, you know, whatever is going on. So if you look at the list of athletes that have had heart issues. Most of them are not even athletes that are like active athletes. They, they added in NASCAR drivers as athletes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess some NASCAR drivers had a heart attack or whatever. But I said, we don't even know if these people were vaccinated. I said, but one thing I do know is that this pandemic has made people mentally worse. I'm going like, to give a little benefit of the doubt uh devil's advocate right where i think people are getting crazy and getting this entitlement but part of me wonders i'm just throwing this out there uh the american dream is that it was just a temporary blip in history that came from post-war boom from being yeah. the only superpower without and a doubt we had this moment that people who were born into it thought was how things always were and they were absolutely like, absolutely know, America yeah. didn't even really have a middle class like that until World War II. All yeah. the superpowers went down the tubes. Um they were keeping black people and immigrants and minorities and all this stuff out with racism and redlining. So it created extra, you know, money for certain people. You know what I mean? But but not the majority. Point, yeah, not for them not for the majority, you know, but um or at least not not the plurality, whatever. Right. Whatever you want to put it, you know, but uh a significant amount of people were boxed out. But uh, the American dream is kind of dead. And I was wondering, like, if these people and all of us could just get the house and picket fence and two kids suburban life that uh, even a lot of black people were having that back in the day. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. just, just within black communities. It's like, I think people are just grabbing for whatever type of entitlement they can still get. As in, like, you know, I'm not going to get the American dream. I'm not going to get the office I was told I was going to get yeah. if I went to college. I'm not going to get the wife and kids and the dog and the uh, suburban life and the two cars. You're like, I'm just going to have an, an apartment with roommates till my 40s or whatever and uh, work hey. gigs. So I'm going to fight for something. Give me this, this work. You know, like, let me just have something to, to demand, you know. Uh, 
I'm not saying this is a healthy way to go about it, you know, because they could try some actual politics or, you know, I was thinking about it. there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of options outside. Well, of I'm yeah. just going to have a room full of uh, a bunch of roommates, a bunch of pets and just sit on my ass until, yeah, you, know, you know, there's a whole lot of options. Yeah, besides yeah. that. You know what? I think I think part of that, too, is, um, you know, a part of what was the American dream, whatever you want to call it, was, um, you know, the sense of 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 uh, exploration, the sense of moving around and, and settling down in new places and, and, and things like that. I'm talking about with the, you know, people moving from the south to the north, people yeah. moving from the north to the west coast and or moving from east to west, things like that. Um, and, and it was never all it was never like easy peasy for people that were migrating and moving to different places in the country to start a new life and to chase after the dream. And part of what's lost is a lot of people want to fulfill the American dream in places that are already stacked. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to go to Iowa and try to make something crack. They don't want to go to Idaho or or, uh, all these other places where there's plenty of room to go. You know, the cost of living is cheaper. Cost of living is cheaper. Yeah. They don't want to go to those places. You know what I'm saying? Whereas back in the day, people weren't afraid to go and travel to new frontiers or whatever and and, and try to uh, carve out a little piece for themselves. You know what I'm saying? No, you have to. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. But I think part of the problem, too, is. it used to be like when you watch a lot of these old shows and stuff. Um, I know sitcoms aren't real life, but I like to think they had some kind of basis in real life, you know, even if it was a idyllic version of it. But you see these shows where the husband would go to work in the plant or yeah. some kind of local business or something or, you know, some local office. Like not everybody had to go into the same big city to work. Sometimes somebody would drive somewhere. Uh, you know, and so people could be in the suburbs and work in the suburbs. I was looking at some stat, right? And I didn't really realize this. It was uh it was a YouTube video essay, so take it with a grain of salt, because a lot of those things don't always have great research, but it was saying something like how before like 80% of people lived in suburbs, but like yeah. only like um 30 or something percent of people worked in the city, you know, in, in the cities. Um But now it's like, this is something like all the jobs are in the city now. So even everybody in the suburbs, you have to all go into like, like everyone has to go into Manhattan to work. If you're in the general, like there's no real local uh, stuff like maybe like the supermarkets or. So I can understand New York city. Yeah. Um, But it, I I always look at it like this because this is what I do for a living. What type of jobs are you going after? So when you, when you talk about the type of jobs that people are going after, well, if you were in a trade, you don't have to. And I'm not saying people should go into the trades. I'm just saying that those jobs are everywhere in suburbs, in the city, the country. Because if you work in the logging industry, well, you ain't going to be in the city. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon. If you're in the logging industry, you're going to be in Corvallis. You're going to be in Eugene. You're going to be in the Dalles, Klamath Falls. You're going to be in areas like that. Salem, Woodburn. Those places aren't close to Portland at all. Now, Salem, Woodburn is, but all those other places, very far from Portland, Oregon. So go ahead, T. Oh, sorry. You taking? I thought I thought you were gonna stop there. Uh, but no, I was just gonna say. Well, one thing that might make this situation better, what Mario was talking about, is if work from home does become the norm, maybe people will be able to move anywhere. You know, like maybe that sense of exploration, you know, will. Um, because I I was reading and hearing about some people who, when work from home happened, they started moving places uh that were less expensive. So, so yeah, they, no, they work from them. home. I think work from home, depending on the type of industry, because a lot of people work from home, but the job doesn't requires you to be in that city. So if you work yeah. for the county, the state, or the local government, then you can't leave and move to San Diego and be working for the city of Portland. Of <laughs> you yeah, ain't gonna yeah, do that. It's not gonna work. Yeah, but but um, I think, yeah, but yeah, I also, but I, but I think when it comes to the jobs people choose. Not only that, but this is also ties back to the topic. People don't listen to their elders mm-hmm. about what they should be doing because they think they know every goddamn thing. And like someone once told me before, I don't have to tell you guys who told me this, but you can't be someone that can't be told anything. And yeah. since nobody can be told anything now, the elders are saying, fuck it, we'll just start thinking like them. You know what I'm saying? Real mm-hmm. whimsical and real immature. And, you know, because the thing about it is I tell kids all the time. Um, I got kids that are graduating every year, high school. Right. And I tell them all the time because they start stressing out. I'm like, dude, you think this is some stressful shit? Wait until you get into adulthood. Be a youth as for as long as you can, because once you become an adult, it's not going to be as easy as you think it is. Now, there's going to be some of your friends that are going to go to college 
away to college and never come back because they're going to mm-hmm. find a way to set up roots somewhere else. I said, but, but the majority of y'all going to be right here in Portland. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> people don't just move around like you think they do. Yeah, you I'm know not- what? That's crazy that you say that because I know a lot of the people I grew up with, um, a lot of them, man, that got out of their comfort zone are doing extremely well right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, own houses, own, you know, somebody, I know a couple of people, they own trucks and none of them are out here anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? They all left California in the early 2000s. Um, a few years after we graduated from high school, man, and they, you know, they they took a chance and, and went some other places. You know, people were moving to back, you know, to Atlanta and stuff like that before it got super populated. People were moving not to Phoenix, per se, but there's like a little town outside of Phoenix called Casa Grande. Yeah. You know, my boy went and he bought a house out there for super cheap. That's when that's and when Phoenix works in Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. And he, he goes to work in Phoenix, but he has a place in Casa Grande. You know, but those I mean? are, that's so, the, around the time you make those decisions is when you're 19, 20, 21. If you go to college, yeah. you go into whatever it is you're going to do. You set up roots. But, you know, because like when we talk about, you know, living out here on the West Coast, my grandparents came from the South. When they came to Portland, Los Angeles and Seattle, they didn't go nowhere else. You know what I'm saying? They started a career or a job and go or got into a trade. And that's where they set up roots. And that was it. Now, they might have traveled for vacation, but they didn't move anywhere else. Like the idea that people move from city to city is a lie. You know what I'm saying? That's not normal. That's for not people normal. To go from yeah. city to city. And no, a, lot of times, think- a lot of times your, your elders, speaking of the elders, a lot of times they fulfilled the dream, left right. you something, and then, you you know, you trick it off. Yeah. You know, and then there's that. Then there's that. that. Yeah. Property. I think I think one I think one problem though also is that um we're of the last generation that had um i think like i think we're the last generation where if you did the quote-unquote right things to any degree you're gonna have something you have it to you have it to varying degrees but as long as you you know and i want to say something i don't even mean go to college or anything but if you just like worked consistently or you just yeah you become dedicated to a certain skill yeah, to certain skill or just, you know, be responsible, you're going to be able to carve out something. And I think like elder millennials, younger Gen X are the last group where it's like, if you did everything you were supposed, you were quote unquote supposed to do and didn't have any major setbacks, like with your health or, you know, um, calamity, you're going to be in a position where you, uh, own property and it's going to be a little bit harder for them. It's going to be a little bit harder for young millennials and the, uh, and Gen Z. It's going to be a little bit harder, but the, the idea of, um, become being dedicated doesn't change. Like I have kids that graduate early because they're going to the military, right? Man, majority of them come from military families, right? I have kids that go into trades and things like that. It's, it, and we still we still are going to have to look at the social capital that these people have. So if you come from military family, you kind of know how those things work. If you come from a family that are in the trades, you know, blue collar family, you kind of know I have kids that want to be plumbers. Well, their dad's a plumber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but their dad is 54. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit different for him. Like I talked to this lady yesterday. She said her and her husband bought their first house in Portland for seventy thousand dollars. They've been married for 40 years. Going to be a little bit different for these for the younger kids these days. It's going to take a little bit more work. And my question is, do do people and not just the younger millennials and Gen Z, but people, period. Do they still have the dedication or has social media and the bombardment of information taken that away from people to where the 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 instant gratification has replaced the long term goal? I think I think what you're saying is true, but I think there's a double thing like like to finish uh my earlier thought and tie it into what you said right i think that there's a double whammy happening where what you think is absolutely true like social media is er- eroding a lot of that um dedication or ability to like you know focus and do all this stuff but i think also um hard work doesn't pay off like it used to pay like off. it used and, to right and, right and what what mario was saying about like uh when he was piggybacking off of what i said uh mario was like everyone i know who you know took a risk or got outside the comfort zone is doing very well now but now i feel like you have to go out of your comfort zone and take risks just to maintain like you know there's people who are like i thought i would never do gig economy work but i'm doing it but they're not doing it like oh he's a brand new lane no I'm they're just they're, they're trying to capitalize on the lane while it exists yeah yeah because because it's like my old lane is drying up and i gotta have yeah. like three new lanes just to have what people needed one lane to do in the past and i think both trends are feeding each other as in right people are having less and less dedication and focus and hard work because of 
social media and whatever, but um, which is kind of leading to worse outcomes. But uh, in addition, worse outcomes and worse opportunities make it easier for people to just fuck off their lives on social media. Like if you yeah. have a really fulfilling career and family life and social circle, and you have like something where it's like, I work from nine to five, then from uh, six to seven or six to eight, I hang out at my local uh, bar, like cheers, catch up with the community. Then I come home and help my kids with their homework. Then we all watch TV from nine. If you have a life like that, uh, you have a satisfying career, social life, family life, community life. Uh, you're not going to want to be on so- social media fucking around. But it, yeah, and, and, the the, and, and you know what the funny thing about it is like the way that the life that you just, just described outside of going, I don't drink, but outside of that, that's pretty much how my life is. Nine to five, I go to work. You know what I'm saying? Then I come home. I screw around social media every now and then. But I think I think what has happened is and I don't want to keep blaming social media or the Internet. I'm, and I do I do for a certain for certain generations. You know what I'm saying? But I think the the um, the attention, the attention uh, syndrome has kind of gotten shorter. And I don't people believe in being dedicated to certain industries. I don't think people really believe it in anymore. Um, it's like how during the pandemic, so many people were making money without working. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that people are doing like people are scamming or nothing like that. I'm not saying that. But I think a lot of people have found a way to supplement that income without working. But the way the economy is shaping itself, it's going to be hard to do that without having a regular job, a regular nine to five or a swing shift job. And people don't want it. People don't want to go back to that. There's you know what I mean? You got enough people that are just happy surviving too. Yeah, 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 happy. exactly, exactly. Like, or, or you have the people that don't want to, they don't want to be, they don't, and I hear a lot of young people say this, like they don't want to be like their parents where they get off, go to work, get off of work, come home, prepare for the next day, the weekends, you might do your thing, but during the week you work. There's a lot of people that don't like that, that regimen, but then I have to, I, I ask people, I say, okay, well, you know, you're not going to be 24 forever. Like that's a fact. It's just as sure as I'm black, that sun goes up and goes down, whether I'm here, you here, or anybody's here. It's going to keep going. I'm going down, God willing. Right. So if you know that you don't want to live that lifestyle and, but you know, you also not going to get any younger, you know what I mean? Like today is the youngest you'll ever be. What is going to be the plan then for tomorrow? Because there's going to come a point in time where you're not going to be able to rip and run like you're doing right now. But I think this is part of another problem. Even if they say, you know what, Ken, I'm with you. I want my parents' life. Can they get it? That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't, want I it, don't know. The, but the people who do want it, it's going to be a lot harder. Like everyone I know works way more hours than I remember. And my mom was saying this too. My mom was like, you work so much and all your friends work a lot and you guys never talk to each other. And my mom was like, she was like, I don't know if I can work as much as you, as you guys work, man. You guys don't have, you know, and we were thinking like my parents had no life, but we have like fun. But the fun, yeah. I think, is to compensate for the lack of a life. Like, so it's like I go to bars, I socialize more than my parents did. But mm-hmm. that's just, I think, fun or pleasure to kind of detract from a lack of actual fulfillment. You know what I mean? Like, I think when you're fulfilled, you don't need the pleasure. You don't need the distraction. It's like, but it's a vicious circle because... Um, if but what does fulfillment if you're, if you're, look like hold, hold on, in America hold on, today? Hold on, hold on. Let, let me just finish this thought and then, and then we'll go, right? I was going to say, if you're not fulfilled and you're not having... Um, you know, you're not dedicated to something. You don't have a career or a community. It's going to drive you to things that are fleeting and pleasurable, like the internet but and social media. But the problem is, once you do that, it increases the likelihood that you're not going to get the fulfillment, the career, whatever. So it kind of becomes a vicious circle. The same thing that drives you to internet and social media, internet and social media are going to increase the likelihood that you're not going to get those same things that are that the lack of which is driving you. You, you see what I'm saying? I think no, no, no. I see. I see exactly vicious, what you're saying. They're in a vicious circle. The same yeah, thing that they're yeah. escaping from. The thing they're escaping to is increasing the likelihood of never getting that thing. No, no. I see exactly what you're saying, and I, and I'm not saying you can answer this question. I don't think anybody can, but it's a rhetorical question. But what what does happiness? What does what do these things look like for them? For the typical, I can't speak for outside of this country, but in this country, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Well, I what think, does being fulfilled look like? I think part of it, man, honestly, and I can only speak for myself, is um, being able to just deal with the monotony of life, man. You know what yeah. I mean? A lot of people, a lot of people, you it's, it seems simple, but a lot of people have trouble with monotony, man. Like just, you know, a routine, 
Um, taking pleasure in the simple things, the small things, you know, like people have problems with that, man. Like you'd be surprised how many people struggle, um, dealing with monotony, you know, and they try to, um, fill it with different things. They try to fill it with sex or fill it with, uh, you know, being addicted to nightlife, clubbing, all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, man, you know, um, that that's a part of what I think that's a large reason why a lot of people are so depressed nowadays. Um, you just, you don't, people just don't know how to deal with it, man. Mario, even the stuff you describe, you're still thinking like an older person. You're thinking nightlife, yeah. clubs, <laughs> sex, but that's stuff that lasts for like a couple of hours. And even then it requires real human contact and intimacy. Like even with a nightclub, they're not deep conversations, but you have to have some kind of social intelligence and you're going to do it for a couple of hours a day. You yep. can have so yep. much sex. You can't get yeah, you can't club. you can't be at the club forever. Yeah, social media, you can be on it. The internet, you can be on it 24 hours a day. And we and we've talked about that, people yeah. doing that. Yeah. You can make it cut into your sleep. Like you can wake you up. The, uh, you think you the internet should be you think yeah. the internet should cut off like TV YouTube back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Just to have like, a bunch of lot. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. that's not a bad idea, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I th- I think a nightclub addiction or sex addiction would actually be better than what a lot of these people have. Because at least you had to get out your house, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, leave your house and never be alone with your. With these your people house. these days, people aren't even living life in real life. Everything's a skit now. Like, so it's not even a real experience. Yeah, how many times have you seen something on the internet, like, you know, and you you can't tell whether it's real or a skit? You know what I'm saying? Like, now I I, I can't, it's to the point now where I can't really tell the difference. Not only that, this is what makes it even worse. It's a skit. We'll find, we'll even find out that it's a skit and people will still be debating it like it's real. That's the weird part. When people actually argue about something that's clearly fake. And I think that's because the people that starve for connection. They're like, people get mad for pointing out it's fake. And they they start realizing, okay, so it's not even about the truth of this thing. You just want to talk. Like, you just want to talk with people that bad. You're that lonely. Yeah, but your your communications are so bad. The only thing you know how to do is quarrel with people. That's all you know how to do. And that's why they... Uh, and that's why they argue about scenarios all day. Yeah. They oh, yeah. Create scenarios yeah. and hypotheticals yeah. and then argue about the shit all day. So what would you rather have? Somebody with a good job and six figures, but they have one testicle and they're thick as a crossword. <laughs> would you rather have... Like, if you just argue uh, somebody who cheats on you every day, including with your mama, but they looks like wait, a guy that cheats on you every day but looks like Shamar Moore or a guy that has a six-figure job but he looks like I don't know fucking Buddy Love yeah Buddy Love LeVar Burton or something yeah Mr. Cl- Mr. Professor Clump or something but you know something you said Kenny right you were like you gotta ask yourself what does happiness look like but I think there's an extra layer for this uh, new generation it's like what does happiness look like that's attainable because I think yeah. they all have an idea of what contentment is. They just don't know what attainable contentment is. Their ideas of contentment are something that's either um, to the stratosphere, yeah. that's like not not attainable, or something that used to be attainable that is actually a modest goal for previous generations. But for this generation, it looks like um, a long shot. Because I'm like, you're right. They have no loyalty to a workplace. Well, I mean, you remember, remember T, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. Places, T, these places don't have commitments to them either. Like, like, but I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off T, but I'll remind you of something that you said, I believe it was you that said this, this is the Kanye generation of, they believe they should have it because they want it, not because they work for it. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like they went from, I did, de- I, uh, deserve it because I work hard to, I deserve it because I want it. Right. You beg the question for me though, is, is happiness and contentment the same thing? You can be um, happy and content at the same time. Right. But are they necessarily the same thing, though? I don't you think they're the same thing. No, no, so I don't think they're the same content, thing. But not necessarily happy. Well, I, I mean, mean I've, been thinking of, I've been actually been thinking about this. Like, I actually sat down and I actually wrote something down. Hold on. Let me see. Like, like, I, like I was sitting down and um, thinking about this. And this is this is what I actually came came up with. I'm not saying this is true. I'm not saying this like fact. I'm saying this is my personal um feeling after trying to sit sit with this for a while. Um and I, I have it in my phone. But um but I just uh was thinking was this right there's pleasure versus um satisfaction slash 
fulfillment slash um, contentment. Pleasure is short-term happiness, but uh, satisfaction or contentment is long-term happiness. So I yes. think I think happiness. There's two types. There's long-term happiness and there's short-term happiness. And the pleasure or the short-term happiness has to come from the external. Like you know, I'm getting sex. I'm taking drugs. I'm going to the club. I'm dancing to music. But the the uh, contentment has to come from like inside. Like that happiness has to kind of come from um, internal things, even if they're tied to something external, like like the love you have for your kids or your family. Like those are external things, but you're not getting pleasure from what they're doing for you. It's like the emotions internally generated that you give out toward them are where that you know long term happiness is and the pleasure or short-term happiness by itself isn't inherently bad but it shouldn't but it should be layered on top of satisfaction the the problem becomes um when the short-term happiness or the pleasure becomes a substitute for the long-term happiness or you actually mistake it for you know fulfillment or or contentment like pleasure or short-term happiness without um you know, a base or a ground level of um, long-term happiness or um, contentment to build it on is just like addiction. That's the, that's what that's what addiction is. Like, um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, pleasure without actual satisfaction or contentment is the road to addiction and pseudo happiness. You know, but when you're actually like long-term happy, you're not even going to be that attracted to pleasure uh, anymore. Or you choose like constructive. Uh, pleasure like you know you might right. just have like a little bit yeah. of weed at the end of the night just to go to sleep you know you might or, or you're still enjoying sex like like but it's not sex addiction it's like you're having happy sex with your partner that's like based on real um intimacy and mm-hmm. toxic uh not all pleasure is toxic but pleasure that's not built on a base of long-term happiness or um consistency or, or contentment that's like a uh, toxic pleasure and toxic pleasure is intense but it's shallow and lacking like substance and sustenance like something can be very intense but shallow and i think that's what that's what the pseudo is like if you look at the internet everything is intense every argument's intense every you know like like the whole thing with the chili people are going into all this craziness about you know um their dogs and all this stuff but there's nothing deep there it's very shallow like once that person's done tweeting they're gonna go do something else and yeah. that's not like a really deeply felt emotion, but it's very histrionic <clears throat> and intense uh, seeming. And like intensity of emotion is different than, you know, depth of um, emotion. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I was just on some shit one night. I was just one night just sitting there, just really trying to ponder um, this question. Like I had turned off the TV, turned off social media, and I just like sat and, and it goes on and on. I went, I went on mm-hmm. and on. I'm just going to stop it there because I don't want to just keep going going you raised it interesting because now i'm asking myself okay when we talk about um contentment and then i look at this current generation i feel like a lot of times or i think a lot of times this this current and i keep saying generation but what i mean to say is era because like you said it kind of like it's it's overlapping yeah overlaps i kind of think a lot of people look at contentment as um Settling for the bare minimum. You see absolutely, that, that, that yeah, absolutely. Yes. A lot. yes. Yeah. So I, I wonder or. if that's part of they, they, they treat yeah. their relationships the same way. Yeah, you often see that phrase tied to talks about relationships. You know, I'm not getting with no man settling for the bare minimum. Right. All that time. But then you ask them, well, what's the bare minimum? What do you mean by the bare minimum? And then a lot of times they'll they'll throw in, you know, um vacations, um, eating at expensive restaurants. A bunch uh, of instant gratification. Cars, instant gratification. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of like what it is. So and then one day I said to somebody, I said, well, if you really look at what the bare minimum is, the bare minimum going by how you guys are defining it are the things that are going to be left when all that other shit expires. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are you really chasing after at that point? You know what I'm saying? Like if you have the bare minimum requirements for happiness or contentment, you know, um, you have your health, you have a family, you have a, a close knit group of friends, you have a house, it may not, or, you know, an apartment, whatever, you got shelter over your head, you got a car that can get you to work reliably every day. Um, you have a gainful employment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you have a skill, you know what I mean? Like you have things that 
when all the luxuries are, are gone, you're still going to have, you know, the things that you need versus maybe not so much the things that you want. You're still going right. to have the things that you need. Right. So are the bare minimum the things that you actually need and and going beyond that, it turns into wants. Like you see how deep you could go down that rabbit hole, bro. Well, like, the, you know, the, the reason with the reason why the rabbit hole exists is because people are so flimsy about what it is that they want in their lives. So you have to ask yourself this, because of course I can say this now because I'm 41 years old. I've been around for quite a while. This ain't my first rodeo, right? This ain't my first race. So yeah. I can sit back and look at life, and I, excuse me, and I can look at the people that I grew up with, and I'll give you an example. One of my best friends. Big time dope deal. He's so big dope. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day. I mean, him have these conversations. He's a business owner now. And he says all the time, man, I'd never go back to that. I'd rather have this money right now than that money then. That short term money, which was a lot of money, is nothing compared to this long term goal that he put together. Now, it takes a lot of it takes perspective and a little bit of wisdom, which you won't get until you age a little bit to you for you to realize that if I stay dedicated to this, and not take that like like E forty says. I didn't chase after the the fast quarter. I took the slow nickel. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that ends up averaging out better for you in the long run. But we have to remember that we're talking to, talking about a lot of people that, for all intents and purposes, got mental problems. These motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah. So they don't really they don't really think about tomorrow. It's all about what I want right now. You know what I'm saying? If they can't get it right now, they quit. Some something you that keep uh, perspective. Yeah, I, I think something you're talking about, right? Like I've known people who sold like dope or whatever, and they said they did it because they didn't want to be working at McDonald's for the rest of their life or whatever. But you know, something I've known from some people like that is like these people, for whatever reason, they didn't think the square life was ever really. They didn't think it was real. Them. Uh, yeah, 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 they didn't think it was real. They think it was something for other people. Like I yeah. think, I think it goes back to what we were saying about like it's not just about what you define contentment as, but what attainable things you define contentment as. And I think a lot of people just don't think, you know, they find out later when they get older, like, oh, wait, I actually can just get a job that can support a family. Like, I actually can get these things. Like, like they don't think the normal is available to them to the point that the abnormal seems more attainable. Like, like it, it almost seems more realistic to become a Twitch follow, a Twitch streamer with a million followers than it does to be or, able- or, or creating OnlyFans and you're going to be the next bad baby with a million followers on OnlyFans. Yeah, you know, that actually yeah. seems more attainable to them than yeah. like a four hundred one k. Well, like, because they see more people doing that online than they do see people working. Yeah. And, and that seems to be growing and the other stuff seems to be yeah. shrinking. You know, like, yeah. like there's there's like more of these weird um pseudo lanes to success and the traditional lanes all seem to be um drying up or getting getting more more expensive. And uh something that uh Mario just said, right, about um that oh, you were saying something and I was gonna build on it, but it was like I think you have about to have the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the bare minimum. I think the the key to it is that if you what people don't realize is if you have that contentment, you don't actually need the pleasure and short term stuff as much. Like you like like I'll use uh, eating for an example, right? Like when I was like stressed and depressed, I gained, I gained a bunch of weight in the pandemic, and there was like a sense of um anxiety or unhappiness that was making me eat really rich unhealthy food you know what i mean so there was like a there was like a lack of uh contentment or sustenance or fulfillment there i think that was driving me to and we're talking about emotion but i think it goes for food too stuff that was intense but shallow like the same way these people chase in, uh intense but shallow emotions like i'm having double decker cheeseburgers and fried <laughs> right. chicken sandwiches and right. nashville fried chicken and that stuff is like very intense and in flavor and like whatever but um nutritionally it's like you know not good at all it's just loaded with a lot of empty calories and stuff but when you eat like carbs, that, right bad carbs yeah, yeah you lose your taste at least for me like a piece of fruit just tasted like nothing it tasted boring like yeah uh, like i was trying to eat if i eat a salad i'm like this is like nothing like i blew my taste blood yeah, your brain your brain had your brain had convinced you that you don't want that yeah, yeah. My dopamine receptors were all fucked yeah. up, where it's like it wasn't releasing enough dopamine for me. My taste buds. <laughs> hey, yeah. And not only that, but bro, like even for things that are not really that good for you in the first place, like ice cream, right? Yeah. It was no longer good to just get, you know, chocolate 
vanilla, strawberry, or even Rocky Road or something like that. Now you got to, you know, do all this exotic shit. Yeah, you got to, you know, yep. Chunky Monkey and, and, yeah, and all 50, this kind of stuff. 50 so, ingredients. Yeah, yeah no, that's a great yeah, example. Yeah. Like a good haagen vanilla is like five ingredients and it's like simple and it's just, you know, tastes good. It doesn't even have that much sugar compared right. to other ice creams and stuff. And like when I, um, it was like, I couldn't even enjoy um, the simple stuff um so it's like when i went to lose the pandemic weight um i had to start eating healthy it tasted like really really horrible but i had to keep like you know envisioning uh the weight i wanted to lose and like the health and i'm like you know i'm getting tired going up the stairs this is whack you know what i mean i gotta buy new clothes and my clothes don't fit but um today i had um some fruit and the fruit tasted really good and yeah. i think Promise of craving fruit again, but it wasn't like that the height of the pandemic. Like not only was it not craving fruit, it tasted very bland. I could I could have eaten a hundred fruit and I would not have been happy until I had a piece of uh cake or a bag of of cookies. And I think that's what the bare minimum thing is like. These people mm. are living a life of pseudo and pleasure and intense but shallow things. So the stuff they're looking at that they're calling the bare minimum is like the fruit. You know, like to me, the fruit would be like uh, eating cardboard. Like, like I'm like, I can't see myself eating this for the rest of my life. You know, if you told me that I had to eat fruit and vegetables and lean meat for the rest of my life, I'd be like, oh my God, like I'm not going to deny myself from enjoyment. But when I started eating that stuff regularly until to the point that my brain rewired itself, now it feels like normal. And when I try to eat something too rich, it's like, oh my God, this is really full of sodium. This is really... You know, so I think the bare, it, it, it's funny, the bare minimum is a moving target. Like, it's the bare minimum to them because they won't allow themselves to experience it. If, yeah. But what they don't realize is a lot of the people who to them are settling for the bare minimum, they're not actually settling. It's like the actual sustenance or long-term fulfillment they're getting from that makes them actually crave, like, they don't see the need to go on this big Balenciaga shopping spree or this cruise because they actually like their spouse and their kids and they actually enjoy. Uh, they don't need the instant gratification yeah. and or what they call retail therapy where you go and you spend $3,500 on stuff that don't mean shit after you buy it and then you go home and the next day when all you, when your receptors calm down, now you figure out a way you can take it back. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? They're not doing that. These people have never had a taste of that and they so they can't even imagine that this thing can actually substitute for what they're currently addicted to. And I think we also have to split up the, the fact that a lot of these people don't have kids. So their so their their um experience is going to be a little bit different to whereas someone who has kids such as myself or like Mario, a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? If you're a responsible parent, now if you're just a piece of shit and whatever, yeah. but a, a responsible yeah. parent is not going to go and buy $3,500 worth of Balenciaga and they only make $5,000 a month. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that, that, that's, that doesn't make sense. So you look at, you look at the way a lot of these people think and you have to ask yourself, you know, a couple of questions, but one of them is like, okay, so what does fulfillment look like? And is, and is, is the reason why you don't feel fulfilled? Is that because you're spending a lot of time living vicariously through other people that one, you don't know. Two, you don't know what their lifestyle is like, which goes back to what, what I just said. You don't know. You know what I mean? So if you sit online all day looking at Russell Wilson and Sierra, or you sit online all day living vicariously through Jay-Z and Beyonce, because now we're talking about your relationships, too, because we see that a lot, too. What kind of relationship yeah. do you want? Well, I see myself as someone like Beyonce and I want a, I want a Jay-Z. Motherfucker, you live in Cleveland, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What are we really talking about? You live in fucking... Goals. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So the delusional, the delusional mindset of the way people think, and this goes across the board. This I ain't talking about young people. This is across the board. So now when you live in vicariously through these people, of course you don't want to be a plumber, a pipe fitter, a bus driver, or even an accountant or any type of job where you're gonna have to you're gonna have to chill. Cause you know, I'm not saying, you know, I did the study. People change jobs and careers three to five times, especially people with degrees. So it's not even about the fact that you don't have a job or you don't want to work a regular job. You just don't want to get into the into the quote unquote the world because in the mm. world there's a lot of responsibilities, there's a lot of accountability. So you might be working, you might have a degree in accounting, but now you're working in a marketing firm, or then you went and got a job working 
for Nike or something like that, but still, you still keep trying to climb. I don't think people really want to climb anymore because they look at that as some type of, oh, I'm not, I don't want to be a capitalist and all that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, what is it that you want to be? You know what I'm saying? You well, have I think to a lot of it is cope. Out. You're 38. You got to figure it out, bro. I think a lot of it is cope too, because I wonder how many of these people, and I don't think they're wrong about how capitalism sucks, but I also think for a lot of these people, they're into their politics as like a cope like out of frustration. It's like, okay, I uh, I suck at I suck at life because of politics, because of my hate for this or my hate for that. I suck at life. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.